broadcasting live from Business Radio X. It's time for Coach the Coach. Welcome to Coach the Coach Radio. I'm your host, Lee Cantor, and today is going to be a great show. Today we have with us Sunil Gatsi with Intuitionology. Welcome. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate this. Well, before we get too far into things, tell us about Intuitionology. How are you serving folks? Uh, so the, what I do is I help people really kind of sharpen their intuition. And when they do, uh, and it's actually pretty complex with four types of intuition, and intuitive signals. But what happens is when they sharpen their intuition, their intuition is never wrong when it comes to a decision. And so when they're able to tap into these things called intuitive signals properly, and they've done the homework, every single decision they make is going to be the right one. And they stop wasting time making bad decisions and sometimes getting themselves into situations that they will regret at some point. So is that true all through your life? So like if you're a teenager, every decision you're making is the right decision? Absolutely. It's, it's never wrong. It's just sometimes we, we don't trust ourselves or we put the trust too much in others. Don't, don't really have the intention or our intention true at heart. Uh, and so that's where we start getting a little bit wonky with the decisions that we, we team, seem to make in whatever area of our lives. So now, um, how did you kind of come to the realization of the importance of intuition in your life and, and also in your clients' lives? So it, it ended up coming from uh, one of the, the first book I, I wrote, Feel Fast, Succeed Faster. And that was the, the premise of that book was that if you're able to learn from the failures of executives and, and entrepreneurs, and as long as you don't repeat them, then you should be able to be successful. And the one question I kept getting asked from entrepreneurs is, okay, Sunil, give me the one thing that's going to actually make me s- succeed. And at the time, I was kind of rolling my eyes saying, well, that's why this, this book is actually 400 pages thick. Uh, but when I went back to the audio files, it soon came to be, I, I just started realizing that 80 to 90% of them were using this form of, I should have trusted my gut. Uh, I should have used my intuition. I knew what the right decision was. That really got me scratching the surface to say, okay, when did the intuition affect me? And so I distinctly remember when I was five years old, there was these video games that I wanted to buy. And my dad said they were too expensive. And uh, there was this voice that told me, go door to door to raise money. And that's exactly what I did. I raised $200, $100 went to my dad. The other $100 went to charity because that felt really good at that time that my school was doing. And when I reflected back on the times that I ignored this thing called intuition, uh, and I didn't formally know it by that at that, that time, uh, I remember thinking that, that when I got into engineering, I'm a South Asian male, so there's four doors that you can go into as a career. It's doctor, lawyer, engineer, or failure. And I ended up picking up door number three because my dad was an engineer, and I, I really hated it. Uh, and I ended up I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Something was telling me to become an entrepreneur. I've had these breadcrumbs all throughout my life. Yet I drank the East Indian Kool-Aid and ended up wasting three years of my life doing that. Two, in the second year of that three year, I ended up getting a management consulting contract, huge dollars, but the contract trends were changing. And again, something was telling me back away and I didn't. And I ended up spending every single penny to go down to Silicon Valley and the company never paid me and came back to Canada with 25 cents in my bank account. And perhaps the most devastating situation was when I had a friend reach out to me and I was doing some coaching at the time. And she said, Sunil, look, I, somebody's stalking me. I need some advice. And again, something told me, meet with her that afternoon. I didn't have anything on my schedule. For some dumb reason, I said, let's meet a couple of days later. The very next day, he walked up to her at a bus shelter and put a bullet through her head and killed her instantly. And I knew now that this was something I really needed to pay attention to. 
and I dug into the science. I saw it as an art and a science. I didn't see it. There was no definition that spoke to me. Um, and the art part of these some things, the science was very clear. Tens of thousands of articles, MRIs. Uh, it was showing that infants as young as two months old have intuitive capabilities. There were brain scans showing where in the frontal, in the in the lobes that intuition kind of lights up. Academic research in the business side talks about an X system versus C system or system one thinking, system two thinking, uh, and system one's the intuition. Uh, it's acting seven to 10 seconds before we actually make a decision. That was back in 2013. Current research coming out of, uh, I believe, in the University of Toronto pretty soon, a colleague was telling me that that's as early as 23 seconds before we actually make a decision, take an action. And the reason why I couldn't find a definition of this or one that really stuck with me is because it actually, it, it hits you in the amygdala, which is the primitive part of the brain. All it knows is basically fight or flight. What do you feel? There's no language around it. And so all of these feelings or how we characterize it or describe intuition is really up to each one of us. We just know that it hits the amygdala. We have this thing that either takes us either fight or flight. Um, and then we have signals to tell us whether that's right or wrong. And we have these inventory of positive signals and we have an inventory of negative signals. And each one of those inventories are unique to each one of us. So for me, it could be a flow or it feels right or the dots connecting. For some of the other people I've interviewed for my podcast series, they've seen omens or orbs. On the negative side, I get gut feelings or hairs in the back of my neck. Uh, standing up for an entrepreneur who got into venture after venture that wasn't right for him, his left earlobe kept, get, kept getting hot. So this is how specific the signals are to each one. And there's also four types of intuition that work together. And, they, and, and when they work together, they actually take into account your experience they take into account what's in the situation. They also take into account who's in the situation, whether you can trust that person. And all of that comes together to make the, uh, a creative decision. And it could be so obtuse that people think you're crazy, but it doesn't matter. That's the decision that's right for you in that situation based on the past. Now, when a person is making a decision of any uh, kind of size, and uh, some like some could be, oh, do I want, it could be small, like I'm going to get ice cream. Do I want chocolate or vanilla? And I can understand, you know, okay, uh, my gut says chocolate today, so I'm going to go with chocolate. But when you're making like kind of a big decision and a, that has more complexity, does this still kind of, you're, you should be trusting your gut at that level and, and not rely on more due diligence? Exactly. And so, and so the uh, intuition is really kind of a balance between head and heart and the heart's the emotions, which you have to make sure it's, it's nice and level. The head part of the logic part is already been experienced. So the one type I mentioned, which is uh, experiential intuition, it's it, taking a look at the past experiences, both good and bad learning, both formal and informal from the time you were born to the time that you're making the decision. So when it sends you a signal, you, it already knows what's worked in the past. What happens is sometimes we f we get fearful of going in that direction because it's new or we fear failure or sometimes our ego gets in the way or we start following the herd or we're way too emotional when it comes to relationships and, and, and or we get too rational or we drink the sort of the societal Kool-Aid. And when we don't trust ourselves, we don't trust our own values, we don't trust those signals, we start putting those values in other people's hands or we start relying on other people for the decisions when it's not really in flow with us. It's not who we are 
as a person. And so that's why listening to intuition is really important. Now, if you have a bigger decision, you may want to go through the rationale of it by taking the time to think it through because it's a bigger decision. But your intuition's already helped you make that uh, that decision. What you're sometimes doing is actually doing the logic and just making sure that those positive signals are reinforcing what that gut is. And we also have to be careful that we're not mistaking this for an emotional decision. Uh, and this is where these, these uh, I was talking about these hurdles that come up. Sometimes people think that when they make a decision, they go down the wrong path. But when I take a look at their story, um, they actually, what, what trips them up is one of these four hurdles that I just mentioned. And a very good case in point is that I had Mark Metry. He's got the Humans 2.0 podcast, one of the top 100s on iTunes. And he was on my podcast series. And he got into a situation when he was in high school where he, needed, he felt that he needed to lie to be popular. And he almost killed himself because he got so deep in that hole. And so he started that, telling that story saying, well, intuition sometimes puts you in situations that are bad. And then recounts that story. But I stopped him after he was done and said, listen, Mark, if we go to the start of that story, when you started talking about it, right after you, you told me that intuition takes you through situations that are bad, the first thing you said was, I knew I shouldn't have lied, but that moment is your intuition now recounting back in history, telling you you shouldn't have lied. And then you went on to do that, and which almost cost him his life. But could it be that also now that he um, realizes it, he's kind of having some revisionist history and remembering it incorrectly that at the time he wanted to do it, his friends were doing it, everybody, there was a lot of peer pressure to wanting to behave a certain way. And now that he isn't that kind of person anymore, he's now kind of saying, I knew I shouldn't have done it. Like, isn't that possible? That's absolutely, that's absolutely correct. And that's one of the first things that all the listeners can do is that they just look to the past and what are the good decisions they made? Those are positive signals. What are the bad decisions that they made? What are the negative signals? And keep going and get, keep getting that inventory of signals. Um, and once you have that inventory of positive and negative signals, every decision that you make after that is going to be the right one. And you have to make sure that you keep nagging at that, that instance, because let's say you and I have the same signal, which is a voice. And I'm just picking something out of the air. For you, that voice could be signal number one. But for me, if that's signal number three, uh, and I haven't taken the time to figure out what signal one and two are, it just means that when I had signal number three, I missed two signals, which means I made two bad decisions. That Those two bad decisions could mean, could mean that I'm just going to stub my toe or I'm headed for bankruptcy. I don't know the veracity of that because I just ignored two signals. So the signals are not based on magnanimous event. It's more on time that you're spending ignoring it until it starts tapping you louder and louder and changing until you no longer ignore it anymore. And in some cases, people hit rock bottom before they appreciate that intuition was always there. They just didn't look up at the light that was getting them or guiding them out of the situation that they're, they got into. So now, uh, how do you help your clients kind of identify that light or that signal? So a lot of the first piece of work is you have to look back at the past and take a look at those inventory of signals and really spend time doing that. And I have a seven day challenge on the intuitionology.com website. It's free. That actually takes you through that process. It's a seven step process. You solve the problem using your intuition, your experiences, your signals. And at the end of seven days, uh, you solve a problem and I actually measure your intuition from a percentage basis. And with 54,000 people through that already, 100% of the time, their intuition has gotten stronger. 
The next phase of that is to either take a course or work with me one-on-one and I get them back to the values of who they really are and what are the values that they want. And this is a bit of an iterative iterative process because where people start with is they think they know what the values are until we put them up on sort of a, a value board. And then they take a look and say, oh, well, no, that's what my wife wants. That's what my daughter wants. That's what society wants. This is not me. Where am I? And so this becomes two or three iterations until we get down to the point where my client is happy that that's exactly what his or her purpose is. That's exactly what his or her values are. And then we go and say, okay, now what are the paths that you take? What are the decisions that you need to make? What are the goals you want? Who do you surround yourself with? And what environments do you need to change? And then that all has to align. And then they start walking the path to their purpose. And they find out that every decision they make after that just gets them closer and closer to those goals that they really want to achieve that are intrinsic in nature. It has nothing to do with money, fame, anything like that. It has to come from within. Now, is that really the kind of the outcome that you're uh, offering to your um, people, your clients? Is it that kind of finding their true north and aligning their life to be congruent towards that? Absolutely. And, and it's in both personal life and in business. And what I found in personal life, you know, they're, they're, they've got richer relationships. They're happier. They've got a lot more time. They, they, they've released a lot of the regrets. On the business side, I had one, someone who actually reduced her clients by one third, her customers, but the customers were, were returning customers that bought five or six times more and told other people because she aligned her business with a real a purpose and she tripled her revenues uh, by scaling back her customers. And that's the type of testimonials that I get. And that's what people can expect. The challenge is that they've got to maintain this. Uh, and, and sometimes it's, well, it shouldn't be hard work, but sometimes they fall back into, you know, following societal norms or letting people in that they shouldn't. Um, and either they kind of falter a bit uh, or I get a text message that they just fell prey to another $2,000 scam um, or they come back for more coaching. So why do you think that people um, kind of don't trust their gut? Why is it that they um, kind of go down these rabbit holes? It's really tough to really pull yourself and live in the moment. So many people talk about living in the moment, being present. Uh, and sometimes it's scary. You, you have other, uh, there's social media, they've got other pressures. Uh, and there's, like I mentioned, the four, the four uh, hurdles. Like there's a lot of fear in moving in these directions that you may have not gone into uh, ever. But one of the, the best analogies of this is there was a, a gentleman I uh, interviewed, David Dame, who had cerebral palsy. And he was in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. His dream was to just put his feet in the sand and have the ocean go through his toes. His friends wheel him up to the edge of the uh, beach where the, uh, the ocean's just, the water's just hitting. He puts his feet in and he falls flat in his face. And he was saying, Sunil, look, I've got two things that I can do at this point. I can succumb to my fear and sit back in my wheelchair and forever regret that I've never been able to achieve the dream that I wanted. Or I can overcome that fear and just take that first step and then the next step. And then the next step, and he started doing that. And he's point, and then he puts his fingers up to the neck, and he says, "But the, the the water got about to up to here, and that's when I looked back. And when he looked back, he didn't realize how far it came, he had come. And so this is where you have to really be in the present moment, talk, not just talk about it, walk the talk, and listen to those signals, and make those decisions." Um, and, and not worry about what other people think or what society has or, uh, you know, any of these, these other pressures that we succumb to that takes us away from following our intuition. 
So now what is the pain that your uh, clients are having right before they reach out to you? Many of them are on a sliding scale down and they, they are, they don't know how to get out. Uh, and so I'm unfortunately sometimes one of the last, um, last things to get them out, uh, because they need to get in touch. They're not sure why they got in. Um, but when they, when we look at the signals of what had happened, we can always backtrack to when they first got down this rabbit hole. And so what I do is I make sure that again, we, we look at their signals, we realign their values so that they don't even walk towards any other rabbit holes again. And if somebody wanted to learn more, have a more substantive conversation with you or somebody on your team, what's the website? Uh, Intuitionlg.com. Thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Thank you very much. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio. 